From Candy Apple Press, this is Kylie Gable, and welcome to the Feminization Boudoir Podcast. This week's episode features an audio by Miss Jen Davis. She does an amazingly good rendition of an audio based on a book I wrote called Feminized by His High School Bully. This is one of the most cruel stories I've ever written. Um, although, unlike last uh, week, this week's episode leaves off before the really cruel stuff. So if you like it, uh, be sure to check out the second half. It's on uh, both Jen's site as well as my I Want Clips site. And I'll have it up on Clips for Sale um, within a week or so. Uh, Miss Jen, I know, will have it up there now. Uh, usually... My Clips for Sale stuff goes up after hers, and my I Want Clips stuff goes up right away. So, when we come back, it'll be time for Feminized by His High School Bully by Miss Jen Davis. Feminized by His High School Bully by Kylie Gable and Claudia Costa. Narrated by Miss Jen Davis. Mike Weaver could scarcely believe it. Ten years had passed since his high school graduation, and it felt like a blink of an eye. Just last night, he was in New York City, but today he was racing down the interstate to his hometown. Maybe the fact that the intervening years had been good to him made this trip a must. Back in high school, Mike was a nerd, at a time when nerds weren't the colorful eccentrics they are seen as today. Mike heard all the names. Reject. Loser. Freak. You name it. But somehow, he had persevered. Now, he was very successful and working for a big advertising company on Madison Avenue. His secretary probably made more than most of his former classmates. Pulling off the expressway and onto Washington Parkway was like stepping into a time machine. All the places that he and his small group of friends, Benny, Larry, and Elaine, used to hang out at, seemed to be on the parkway. That's where Regency Mall was, the old record store, and the comic book store were located. It was also where the Rocket Diner was. It wasn't really a diner as much as a hamburger place, and it was where all the cool kids hung out. Mike and his fellow nerds knew that they had best stick to the drive-in window. Of course, even the drive-in window sometimes gave Mike a view of Karen Hansen. Ah, Karen Hansen, she of the impossibly shiny long blonde hair. She of the perfectly round ass and the perfectly formed breasts that haunted the waking and sleeping hours of his high school years alike, as well as much of the time since. Social media had been a godsend. Through Facebook, he had reconnected with Karen. Wow, she had really grown up. She was divorced at 24 and had no kids. That might explain why she still had the same awesome body now that she was going to be 30 soon. 
Karen was happy to accept Mike's friend request, and she even wrote him a message apologizing for her part in hazing him. She said that she was dragged along by some of the meaner kids, like Allison Kane and Jack Sherman. She hoped he could forgive her. Of course he did. And they'd exchanged e-pleasantries almost regularly. The Rocket Diner was long gone now. In its place was a high-end fast-food place selling cheeseburgers for ten bucks besides a chain coffee shop. Actually, after the long drive, a coffee sounded like an excellent idea. Mike turned his candy apple red Miata into the parking lot and proudly avoided the drive through He walked through the front door instead and took his place in line. It wasn't much of a line, really. He was third. When he got to the front, the barista seemed to be flirting with him. She was a cute girl, a couple inches shorter than his five-foot-eight-inch height. Maybe it was the nice suit that he was wearing. His job required him to have a very polished appearance for dealing with clients, and in a small town like this, it was probably very noticeable. I hope you don't mind me saying this, sir, but you look very familiar, she said. Well, I actually grew up in this town, Kimberly, he replied, reading her name off her tag. Wait a minute, she recalled. Are you Mike Wheeler? I think I was two years behind you in high school. Yeah, but it's Weaver, he corrected her. Are you back in town for the reunion, she asked. Yeah, I'm back from New York City. I work on Madison Avenue. Wow, you really made it big. What can I get you? My phone number, she asked. I'll have a skinny latte with soy milk, he replied, unsure if she was joking. She took a cup and a permanent black marker. Taking off the cap, she prepared to write on his cup when a woman's voice called out from behind him in line. Put Brittany on the cup. That's what she prefers to be called. The barista laughed nervously as Mike turned around to see Allison Kane standing there. She wore a very fancy black leather trench coat. In her high heels, she was a good four inches taller than he was. Uh, Allison? he stammered. That's right, bitch, she replied. You're here for the reunion, too? he asked, hoping against hope that she wasn't. Wouldn't miss it for the world, she said. I see you made it back, too. I can't tell you how happy that makes me. It does? Yeah, though looking at how you're dressed, it almost like you feel like you're a man now. I work on Madison Avenue, he replied defensively. Is that supposed to impress me or something? I've probably whipped your boss with my flogger, she smirked. What are you talking about? I'm a dominatrix now. I live in New York City just like you, but you'd never be able to afford me. Fortunately, I like abusing you enough to do it for free. Turning to the barista, Allison placed her order for a caramel cappuccino. And then, after Kimberly had written her name on the cup, she asked if she could borrow the marker. Sure, we have a ton of them, replied the helpful barista.
Mike had gone to sit down on a padded bench, and Allison walked over to him. He didn't worry about what she was doing, although he reflexively dreaded her presence. Even as she undid the cap on the marker, Mike wasn't alarmed. It wasn't until she plopped down right on top of him, grabbing his cheeks between her left thumb and forefinger, that he became alarmed. "'What are you doing?' he asked, but he knew. This wasn't the first time she'd done this to him. Taking the permanent marker, she drew a penis and balls on his right cheek. Even as she colored in her drawing, he could scarcely resist. When he did begin to pull away in earnest, she wrapped her legs around him, trapping his arms at his side. Mike was blushing profusely, aware that almost every eye in the place was now on them. He struggled to get her off of him, but he couldn't make her budge. Satisfied with her drawing, she reached into her purse and grabbed a bright red lipstick. She opened it and painted his lips a cherry red. She then took an eyeshadow palette and, using her thumb, put bright blue eyeshadow on his eyelids. When he saw Kimberly laughing at the scene, Mike became livid. Get off of me, he demanded, trying once again to dislodge her. Just like old times, isn't it, Brittany? Allison laughed wickedly. That's what your whole reunion is going to be like. I can't wait to fuck with you. Order up for Brittany, called out Kimberly. Dejectedly feeling the full brunt of humiliation on his shoulder, such as he hadn't experienced in a decade, Mike Weaver got up from his seat and went to get his coffee. I'm sorry, said Kimberly. It's just going to be easier for me to remember Brittany now. Mike took the coffee and looked back once more at Allison, who blew him a kiss and waved. Mike then scurried out to his car and drove out of the parking lot. He was tempted to turn around and go back to New York right then and there, but he really wanted to see Karen Hansen. She could make the whole degrading experience in the coffee shop worthwhile. For Mike, the night before the reunion was a miserable and restless one. He tossed and turned in frustrated agitation. He wanted to enjoy his reunion. He wanted to see his old friends and try to pursue things with Karen further. But just the thought of what Allison might do to him had him preoccupied and nervous. If she got her bitchy friends involved, it could be even worse. The alarm on his phone couldn't go off fast enough. He was up and out of bed by six in the morning. Following an hour workout at the hotel gym, he was down for the free breakfast. It was only eight o'clock that he realized he had no place to go and nothing to do for the next ten hours. He went back to his room and watched the television until he grew bored. At ten o'clock, he decided to take a tour of his old hometown. It was much smaller and dirtier than he had remembered it. 
The old comic shop sold mostly Pokemon cards now, with just a small rack in the back for comic books. The outdoor pool wasn't open for the season yet, but he looked over the fence at it. They still had the same green lounge chairs. He remembered the time that Allison and her friends, Carrie and Sarah, had tied him to the chair and put a bikini top on him. The lifeguard didn't see it, or at least didn't want to get involved. When he got back to school, he had a bikini outline on his chest that lasted for two weeks, making swimming class utterly humiliating. He drove by the old community center and remembered the summer of senior year when Allison had gotten enough blackmail on him to make him go over to her place every Friday afternoon to be dressed and made over before being dragged to the weekly community center dance. Allison and her friends loved dressing up and emasculating Mike. He figured that the whole situation was a combination of both circumstance and his own bad decisions. Girls loved how he reacted to being feminized. Nothing made him feel more powerless and weak. Nothing made him feel more controlled by the girls. At the same time, he happened to be blessed with a small frame and pretty boy good looks. Allison was able to get him to the point where he could be passable even somewhat attractive as a teenage girl. The worst part was that she got to train him and he had to practice feminine mannerisms. He was so scared of her that even home alone he would put on a carefully hidden pair of high heels and practice walking around the room to get the hang of it. In order to get him to pass, Allison needed him to cooperate and she and her friends were quite persuasive. His reward for getting the voice and mannerisms they demanded was more public outings, contact with guys unaware of his true gender, and the risk of humiliating exposure. Almost unconsciously, Mike pulled into the Regency Mall parking lot. What high school kids ten years ago didn't spend way too much time in the mall. Regency held some of the best and most painful memories of his young life. He ambled through the old mall. After New York City, it looked so small and pathetic. The video arcade was gone, as was the video store. No surprise there, thought Mike. Things change, and that sometimes means taking the bitter with the sweet. As Mike turned the corner past the food court, he was lost in his own little world when he heard a female voice call out, Hey, Mike. Mike turned his head and was simultaneously delighted to see Karen Hansen, but almost as quickly he was horrified to see that she was sitting with Carrie Sanders and Sarah Gabriel. The girl that he still had a monster crush on was sitting with the girls who had helped Allison torment him all through high school. He knew that Karen was a good person with a heart that was just as flawless as her breathtaking body. Unfortunately, those thoughts were so hard to convey 
when she was always surrounded by the very people who made his life so difficult. Hey, Karen, what are you doing here? asked Mike. We're having margaritas at this Mexican place. You want to join us? she replied. Uh, that's okay. I'll let you catch up with your friends. I've got some things to do, he lied. Oh my God, is that Brittany Weaver? cried out Carrie. Th that's Mike, he stammered. Hey, girlfriend, long time no see, chimed in Sarah. Behave, you two, said Karen. Mike's a great guy, and it was wrong to pick on him the way we did. Hey, Brittany, are you going to Mademoiselle Marie's to pick out a new dress for tonight? asked Carrie. It's still there. You have time. Oh, I used to love that shop, recalled Karen. What about it? Brittany loved it too, said Sarah. Remember Margie Kessler used to work there? And she got a nice commission. We used to make little Brittany go over and buy dresses there to help Margie out. It was hysterical. Yeah, well, I better get going, said Mike. Have fun, snickered Carrie. I'll see you tonight then, Mike, called out Karen. He could hear the girls talking behind his back as he walked away. He wondered what they were saying about him. But then again, he probably didn't want to know. If they were determined to poison Karen's mind, there were so many things they could tell her about. There were a lot of things she knew already, too. Suddenly, Mike didn't really feel like being in the mall so much anymore. He went out of the way he came in and drove back to the hotel. He was feeling such a mix of emotions at the moment. Karen and he had talked, and she went out of her way to be friendly to him. She even told her friends not to pick on him and admitted that the abuse they heaped on him back in school was wrong and that she regretted it. When Mike arrived back in his hotel room, he was stopped by the woman at the front desk. Mr. Weaver? Yes, replied Mike. When you were out, we received a package for you, said the desk clerk. Would you like to take it up to your room now? Sure, replied Mike, puzzled, as to what kind of package he had received. He hoped everything was all right at work. He hadn't even been gone that long, really. Surely things couldn't have fallen apart that quickly. Here you go, Mr. Weaver, said the clerk. Would you mind signing the log? Mike signed his name. There was a brown cardboard box without any name on it. It was only about 24 inches by 36 inches and about 4 inches deep. Mike couldn't figure out what it could be. Did this arrive in the mail or did you see who dropped it off, he asked. No, I'm afraid it arrived when I wasn't on duty, but we do get packages for guests all the time, explained the clerk. Mike took his keys out of his pant pocket and used them to cut through the tape that was holding the package together. As he pulled open the box, a black padded bra spilled out. This caused Mike to stammer and blush profusely as he fumbled to get the lingerie back in the box. Th this isn't mine. It's quite all right. You have lovely taste, sir, the clerk teased. Even she was astonished by how beet red Mike had become. He took the box and hurriedly walked to his room, 
with a bit of stocking and bra strap hanging out of the box. Mike could hear the pounding bass of Circa 2007 hip-hop blasting from the high school gym as he pulled into the parking lot on that cold April night. The class of 2007 was all set to party it up and see their old friends. This was the 10th year reunion for Mike and his class. The 25th reunion would be about who still had their hair and marriage, or so he had heard. But the 10th was to see who married who and who was fabulously wealthy. It was even a chance to revel in the misery of classmates who peaked in their senior year and wound up in some dead-end retail job. Mike figured that making a six-figure salary and living in the greatest city on the planet, he was definitely in the winner's column for a change. Entering the gym, Mike felt a whole lot of memories flooding back to him. Maybe it was the atmosphere, or it could have been the big screen at the front of the gym showing a slideshow of their high school days. Some of the memories were pleasant, like the first time he had ever been kissed by a girl when Elaine did it on a dare. Some of those memories, though, were less fun. He remembered slow dancing with his friend Larry while wearing a dress and heels because Allison and her friends had ambushed them in the parking lot. They made the two frightened boys make out in a football bleachers for over an hour while they took pictures. After that night, Allison never had to raise her fist against Mike again because she had all the blackmail she needed to keep him compliant. As Mike walked through the crowd, not too many people took notice. Most of his high school friends had washed the dirt of this dingy hometown off their shoes and moved someplace else. They never had a reason to come back, and they liked it that way. Mike, however, wanted to rewrite his script. He wanted the people who bullied him when he was young and vulnerable to see the success he'd made of himself and envy him. He especially wanted to see what might happen with his once and future crush, Karen. He had promised himself not to be too eager. That resolve slipped away when he spied her across the room and made a beeline towards her. She looked fabulous. Her green and black dress enhanced her amazing figure and he felt he could get lost in the way her soft hair hovered around her face like a soft blonde cloud. Her eyes sparkled, and he dreamed of finally being with this goddess that he had longed after for nearly for fifteen years. Hey, Mike, called Karen as she saw him approach. I love that suit. Is it Armani? Yeah, replied Mike. You look amazing, too. Thanks, she answered. There's a whole program tonight, but we definitely have to get together to catch up. I'd like that. You know Jack Sherman, right? asked Karen, referring to the large six-foot-tall man who had just returned from the bar with drinks for both of them. Hey, said Mike. It felt like he got punched in the gut. Allison was the bane of his existence. 
but Jack was a very enthusiastic minion of hers. "'Hey, Brittany,' chuckled Jack. "'Allison said she saw you at the coffee shop. "'Sorry, I would have got you a Shirley Temple at the bar if I knew you were here.' "'Be nice to Mike,' ordered Karen. "'Oh, I'm sorry. Am I interrupting girl talk?' smirked Jack. "'Tell you what, I'm going to take a leak, and then you and I are going to get out on the dance floor.' So you saw Allison, Mike? asked Karen when Jack walked away. Yeah, I was buying coffee and she was in the shop too, admitted Mike. That's awesome, replied Karen. I was hoping that she'd be here. I've really missed her. I hadn't. You know that she and Jack were just awful to me. I know, but so was I, agreed Karen. The thing is, people change. I bet that Allison is nothing like you remember her. Yeah, you're probably right, lied Mike. I'm just happy that you're here and you've gotten a chance to see a different side of me, replied Karen. I don't want to be judged by the little bitch I was at 16 or even 18. And I don't think it's fair to do it to Allison either. Did I just hear my name? sang out Allison from behind them. We were looking for you, said Karen enthusiastically. I really was hoping you'd make it to the reunion. So that brings another episode of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast to a close. Uh, just a little plea here. If you enjoy reading, um, I have about, oh, 20 audios, but I have about 300 books. And some of the other great writers at Candy Apple Press have a bunch too. So if you like forced feminization stories, check out Candy Apple Press or Kylie Gable on Amazon or even Smashwords or pretty much any online bookstore, and you'll see some of the many that have been created. Uh, I'm still putting out about a book a week, and in fact, November I have a big project that's going to be coming out that I think is going to be really exciting, about 11 books in a series with eight or nine authors. I think it's going to be great. So... You know, we're here for your audio needs, but we also have some really great written books that are not yet audio. So um, if you like reading, especially if you have a Kindle or some other device, I think you'll find Candy Apple Press is your home for great literature, or at least exciting literature. So next week we'll have another show. I think it's going to be kind of a eclectic mix of things. Um, I will see you then. Have a wonderful week. And talk to you next Monday.